timing. Captain for life. Never surrender, never fucking worried, more like. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Giants fan around the world, get your orange textures out and colour in this day on your calendar tonight. This is the day that the GWS Giants drive to 2019 flag glory. It started today. We've got some of our best players to come back. We've got most of the rest of our games at the Beanstalk or the Golden Egg, none of which are against the top eight team, finishing with a percentage stocking filler against the Gold Coast Suns at Metricon. We've already got enough percentage to drown a brown dog. We just took the number two team to the fucking cleaners. If you are any other team in the comp, the Giants have got one word for you. Fucking duck. That's two words, but it sounds like any Listeners, dear listeners, Giants fans, our own proverbial giant appetite, welcome to Never Surrender by the Squinners, God's own and the universe's only official unauthorised GWS Giants fan cast. Tonight, Saturday night, Never Surrender is a tri-continental podcast. Tonight, we reach the maximum in our squad freshness mantra. I'm Needles, your Squinners fat totem and grateful conductor of our unique podcast, Symphonia. Tonight's issues of last week include a long-teased Squinters rants against our well-evidenced complaints about the umpires doing us over, a plausible answer to the great white shorts mystery, and another listener email to discuss. And if your name is Adam Tomlinson, I'm going to give you a yell when to turn the volume down, uh, as well as talking about just what happened at the Beanstalk today and hopefully what will happen at Port Adelaide next week. Joining me today... From the North American continent is the opinionated shining light we call Coco, who has got up terrifyingly early again. And when I say early, I don't mean like Sparrow's fart. I mean before the Sparrow has even turned over and put his ass out the duvet so Mrs. Sparrow doesn't get a Dutch oven. Like he's calling in from <laughs> Dallas on Coco on behalf of more than 2,500 Giants freaks who have downloaded this pod so far. Thanks for getting amongst us and adding your podcasting experience to tonight's pretty raw outfit. Thank you, Needles. Um, 3 a.m. wasn't too bad. I actually only got up at half time, and 3 a.m. wasn't too bad when I saw the boys had been piling on Tim Tams all afternoon. So uh, great to be here, and welcome to the uh, to the new the new blokes. What time it is in Dallas? Just to, for everyone, it's quarter to six now. Fucking print. Um, and look, I'm just now going to turn to my right here in our Canberra Squin to studio and introduce the first of the last two Squinners yet to debut on Never Surrender. And they're both debuting tonight. So the entire squad has a go at the big dance before the team uh, hopefully actually making fucking makes the finals. Giant Freaks, before you hear his voice, I'm just going to give you some context. So I know a bloke here in Canberra. He's a tremendous dude, absolutely top hole. And he ran for local government in the ACT in 2016. He ended up just missing out on the election, but that wasn't for want of assistance from Chinque. I understand that Chinque, he did some door knocking on behalf of this great guy, and apparently in the areas where Chinque was knocking, 
that awesome guy's vote went up by 423% in the crucial demographic of women between the ages of 32 and 71. <laughs> Good stat. <laughs> Which, when you'll hear him, it will surprise you, and only it was just a 423% bump. Chinkwe, welcome to the first of your many goes on Never Surrender. Thanks, Needles. It's a pleasure to be here. You're just going to give us your, uh, what's your Giants origin story, mate? Giants origin story. So, um, grew up in Canberra, um, grew up in a footy loving family. Um, so then, um, uh, watched it growing up, played it, um, lived and breathed it. Uh, I was a mad Essendon supporter, uh, yeah. growing up. And then I was playing football at Belcon and Magpies around the time um, they Don't look at me so apologetically, like it's fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, playing at the Magpies around the time that GWS was announced. Um, and there was a legend at the footy club called Peter Taylor, um, who's now on the board of GWS. And he started um, this ACT for GWS campaign. And so I think, I can't remember the figures, but it was something like if he signed up uh, 3,000 members, well, the campaign signed up 3,000 members, GWS would commit to playing two or three games a year in Canberra. So at the start, I was sort of uh, signed up as a member, obviously. Um, one, just to support a new team, also to get put into Canberra. Um, and then really uh, sort of, it was my second team, Followed them, but wasn't really that passionate about it. Um, Essendon was still number one. Then the drug scandal happened. <laughs> sort of lost the passion. Made things awkward. Yeah, and then I d it was sort of an organic uh, process where I suddenly found myself like loving the Giants. Go with your heart. Up, yeah, Go with your heart. And watching them, reading up on them. And then obviously uh, good mates were following it so you could have a bit of banter. Um, and then, yeah, so a couple of years in, found that I was a diehard and uh, made the switch. So I'm a bit of a turncoat, but... Uh, no, mate, there's a few of us here. That's all she wrote. Okay, what was your favourite position playing footy? Uh, as Coco would tell you, I'm four foot seven, so uh, <laughs> playing midfield because I can't play anywhere else, so... Um, and so you were getting the ball out to Coco's laser left foot? Uh, yeah, I was just hanging out the back and letting uh, right, Coco... Quarterbacking. Yeah. Quarterbacking. Letting Coco hit me on the chest. So. Favourite giant? Uh, I absolutely love Harry Himmelberg. Uh, he's, uh, there's got a, a few. he's got a, an enormous fan base. Oh, jeez, yes. he's good. I, I love watching him. He's just a big game player. It looks at any moment in the game, he's about to explode and kick 10 goals and tackles hard, marks well. The one-handed grab today. Yeah, no, the one-handed grab. And then the, the final one where he, he hooked it around the corner about 60 metres. Oh, it's just beautiful to watch. Um, that's very, very good. Well, thank you very much. We're very, very happy to have you. Thank Up you. Up from the twos. Up from the twos. First, but not the last time. There's going to be a few more games before the finals. And speaking of finals, finally, we're going to introduce the final squinter. Uh, he has been going to join us a few times, but he gutted out because he got tickets to the Norwich Tiddlywinks Invitational <laughs> or similar. Um, he's a long-time squinter's icon, arguably and appropriately. He's Squinter's royalty, and he's patching in from the London Squintorium today. It's mid-morning, earlier today, I understand. Now, myself and Coco, we played many games of football with this man. He's a man of whom stories have descended beyond legend. They've surpassed farce, 
He's a man who took footballing grouping performance art further on the footy field than anyone else by not only bringing Mal Michael's signature double-fisted punch onto Sydney's lower division footy fields, but by shouting out Mal Michael every time he fisted. Uh, giant appetite. Say hello to Mal Michael. Hello, Mal Michael. Are you ready to never surrender? Yeah, g'day. Absolutely ready to never it's surrender. It's been so long. A backward step wasn't really in my vocabulary, mate. Um, I don't know if I can live up to that intro, though, to be fair. Tell us your origin stories, mate. I just want to know. I mean, we'll, we won't tell any of the stories about you if you tell the truth. Um, all right. Well, I came to Sydney Uni uh, footy as a late Aussie Rules convert. Um, and obviously, it was around 2000. Rugby player. 2002, yeah. Well, I played everything, you know, from Wagga Wagga, City of Good Sports. Uh, so obviously, I dabbled in everything as a kid growing up. A bit of a natural sportsman. Yeah, um, including, including trumpet, I understand. Oh, yeah, well, I was a very good trumpet player. Leave that out of it. Um, pretty good at my own as yeah. well. Anyway. I, I, promise, um, I promise I'll cut that. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but yeah, started playing in 2002. And obviously, uh, around that time, the great Brisbane Lions team was in the ascendancy. And they just played a... Yeah, uh, brilliant brand of footy, and they played it hard and aggressive and all the sort of things I like. So I, I jumped on board them having no connection to Brisbane. I distinctly um, remember you being heavy on uh, the Giant. No, sorry, on Brisbane at the two, 2004 Perth Uni Games. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was yeah, when they were going for the four-peat, and they got done by uh, Port Adelaide. Port. Mm. Um, it was always nice to go head-to-head with Big Nev on things like that as well. <laughs> but, yeah, and obviously then uh, the Giants weren't even... I, you know, a conception in Andrew Dimitri's mind at that time, I don't think. So when they finally got um, them up and running, I'm, I'm born in Westmead. I've never really supported the team from the place I'm from. Um, you know, I was living, I think, in Canberra. It's just a, a natural fit to actually, and a new team needs a, a, a supporter base. So I just jumped on the Giants at that point because um, it actually fits with my origins. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Who's your favourite Giants player? Uh, well, if we go back to, he's been just delisted now, but Timmy Moore when he first started out, because he was a good friend of my mate, uh, Jimmy Trizzle, but, um, and he wore the number 39, which Coco's yes. a big fan of. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, going around today, I can't go past the skipper Callum Ward, um, you know, well, he, he reminds Toby me Toby Green, today's skipper. Yeah, I oh, know, but Cal, Cal's the spiritual heart of the club, isn't he? And, uh, he reminds me of a bloke I played a lot of footy with, or two blokes I played a lot of footy with. One of them's, uh, one of them was Squinner's podcast, Bubba. Um, and his brother, Lukey Higgins, uh, I somewhat condescendingly call them dirt pigs, but uh, just blokes who have an, <laughs> an appetite for the footy that, that never runs dry. And uh, yeah, I love that way of going at it. Favourite position? Because you did play, oh no, you mostly backline specialist. Ev- but... No, nah, I played everywhere in my time, mate. Started out in the background, right. learned the game, went through the midfield. They were probably my best years and then finished up in the forward line. And I've got to say... Being an unaccountable 95 kilo forward pocket is uh, is absolutely perfect for me. As good as it gets. <laughs> All glory, no responsibility, mate. That's my lifestyle. Um, we, we might actually... That's a perfect. That's lovely. And I hope London is really suiting you there. Oh, um, we a What's the London Giants fan club like? Um, I don't know if there is one or I've never hooked up with them over here. There is actually a team over here that, uh, that plays in the London AFL that wears the... Um, the Southeast London Giants that wears the Giants strip. And I've been thinking, you know, after I broke my ankle a couple of years ago playing rugby, I've been thinking about maybe trotting down there just Definitely. so I could wear the Giants strip to play a competitive match sometime would be, uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be a dream come true, wouldn't it? 
Coco? Absolutely, that'd be a dream come true. Um, Needles, it's come to my attention that since the inception of the pod, um, we didn't, you, you didn't tell us your favourite player. Mm. Did I? No. Did I tell you at the very first game? I don't think we did, mate. We did? Okay, well, you, I'll think of mine and you tell me yours. Because all my favourite players tend to leave. Oh, no, Zach Williams, Narendra Boy, because him and I were from yep. the Riverina. Yeah, you're a Zachy man, perfect. Yeah. Had a great game yep. today, Zachy. He did play very well in the middle. Well, actually, I just want to do a quick callback. Well, you're talking about getting 3,000 members, and this week the Giants passed 30,000 members. So yeah. that's a nice little bit of synchronicity. And obviously, um, I've told the, the Giants, the actual Giants organisation, to get the 30,000th member and get them in touch with them, and we'll, um, they'll, we'll do a, a personal interview with them. Uh, the GWS Giants haven't yet got back in touch with me, but I'm sure they're just about to send the email. Uh, look, <laughs> We're going to turn to the first quarter, and that's issues of the week that's just passed. Now, it broke, and I'm going to do broke in quotation marks, like air quotation marks, a lot of them, that apparently the Giants are into Paddy Ryder, and that was in the news this week. Well, give us a fucking break. Lawso broke that story on Never Surrender weeks ago. And All the way from Copenhagen. Yeah, exactly. And we were positive about it then. I'm assuming we're still positive, although the, the double rucks worked well today. Yeah, I love it. I love Paddy Ryder. Yeah. Get him over here. Can't play. Yeah. yeah. And Port Adelaide are they're just addicted to mediocrity, so... I don't know. Why has he fallen out of favour? He's too I good think Lysett's him. pretty good. <laughs> Coco, what were you going to say? He's too good for him. <laughs> 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 right, well, that's fairly yeah. simple then. You should go somewhere where he's appreciated. And, and despite, the, um, despite the... We had a bit of a knock-on Mummy uh, and whatever last week, didn't we? Um, and despite the fact that those two guys, Dawson and Mummy, had good games today, um, you know, a bit, bit uncertain about whether Mummy will go the distance next year again. Yeah, a, a yes. lot of people don't think so. He's old and getting hurt, but... Yeah. If, if they can stretch him out and he... The, they, they did a little bit at the end of the game of sort of slow-mos and mummy just crashing people. Um, and he said that's all he's good for, but he really does it with a dead eye and enthusiasm. So, uh, See the selling candy today, twice? No. I did, I saw one of those. What, mummy? Yeah. 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 He, he danced around Pendlebury at one stage, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. Didn't realise he was so light-footed. Yeah. <laughs> Sensational. Also, another bit of news that we came to this week, it sort of appeared on our... So, well, actually, I suppose to wrap that up, though, is if you want Breaking Giants news, don't go to, the, to your traditional mainstream media. Just listen to the squinners, um, and we'll give it to you three weeks before. No worries. Unfiltered. Unauthorised. Another thing that came through in our message thread, I think it was a couple of nights ago, that was Bartman was drunk, <laughs> according to his all-caps message. So that was pretty useful. We'll just pass that on. What else? I wanted to talk about... Oh, yes. It's been, it's been a while. We've got Mal's Angry Moan. This is actually, this could almost be a quarter on its own, but I'm, just before I let you off the leash, Mal, Yep. and you're going to tell us against all the evidence why the Giants aren't getting fisted, double-fisted on penalties. And I'm just going to throw a couple of stats at you. The Adelaide game, it was 24 penalties to Adelaide, 7 uh, freeze to the Giants. Essendon, it was 29-14. Overall, on the penalties table, we are 18th at minus 36. Collingwood are plus 77. Adelaide are plus 43. And I read a quote from an article that was about 
the Essendon game. Had that numerical disparity in penalties been inflicted upon Essendon, Carlton, Collingwood, or indeed any other club besides the Giants or maybe the Suns, there'd be an almighty whinge on social media and hooting in the stands, which would be picked up by the media, and before long, the umpiring department would be questioned, but not by Mal. Tell us why. Well, first and foremost, it's uh, it's not actually my... Um, it doesn't come from me originally. I'm just regurgitating someone else's idea that I read. Don't ever admit that. Never well, admit that. No, nah, I'm not my, accepting that either, Needles. My, my entire personality is based on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Regurgitation. Re- yeah, rehashing yeah. someone else's ideas and passing it off as my own. I mean, I've never had yeah, an original right. well, thought in my life. Welcome but, to the squitters. <laughs> the, the key that, point for me... That, that is the raison d'etre of this entire podcast. Exactly. The key point for me is that why is there an assumption at the outset of a match that the free kick count should be even at the end of a match? That's a flawed assumption. And that even even the assumption that that would equalise over the course of a season is also a flawed assumption. Teams play in different ways. Teams go some, some teams go out of their way to scrag, slow down the play, and you'd expect teams like that to end up... And I'm not saying we do that. I'm just addressing well, that well, fundamental assumption that we that if there's minus thirty six says we are well there's well perhaps I think you need to be more nuanced in your analysis of data than just taking an overall number like that a plus seventy seven or a minus sixty seven and saying that you're on the wrong side of the count each time you have to investigate the nature of those free kicks against you know and whether any of them were uh, were unreasonable or awarded in error. And then look at the number that are awarded in error against the overall disparity. And then you might be able to come to some conclusions about whether the umpires really are uh, against us. And I'd also point out well, that the I, a, so my understanding... I, I... Sorry. No, you're up, mate. You're on a rant. I, I shouldn't have butted in. Keep going. This is great. Well, my Wrong, point would be, great. my understanding is that the umpiring department in the AFL tracks all of these statistics. They mark each umpire in each game. They look at each free kick awarded and so on and so forth, and they are following these metrics. Now, if they made these metrics more public, perhaps there'd be more ability to do some analysis, uh, but I also understand why they don't do any of that. And the umpiring department, I think, works very hard to continually improve their standards. They're never going to get everything right, just as the players don't always get everything right. But, you know, I think you're wasting precious energy um, on what is fundamentally a distraction if you start looking at free kick counts and things like that rather than focusing on your game and doing everything you can to maximise um, you know, your improvement there. Look, mate, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed because reading some of the messages on your thread, it started like you were off a really long run-up and we're gonna, you almost started a punch-on with Bartman over Facebook. An hour ago. <laughs> Just an hour ago. <laughs> and then here you are coming in town and measured and look, I don't want to fucking cast dispersions and stuff like that. Get off uh, the fence, Mal. Thank you. Thank oh, you, Mal. I'm, I'm, there's, there's a lot of reasons why you're wrong. And I, I did a law degree, uh, but I'm not right, a lawyer. Right I Chinque is a, is a lawyer. How's your job going? <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, why yeah, you currently unemployed, is he wrong? Chinque, very fucking truly. Chinque, why is he wrong? You're the lawyer. Oh, I want him to be right. I just want him to have some conviction. Mate, I, I do have conviction. We were, we were 10 down. We were almost two to one against three kicks today, and it made absolutely no difference to the game. Are the, are the Collingwood fans going home and being like, oh, we should have been three to one, and we would have won if we were? Like, the umpires do a good job. And basically, the umpiring tonight, you'd probably give it a 10, no one even noticed. If one side outplays the other, it's just not a, it's a non-event. Now, everything's magnified in close games. 
and um, you know, and you might get a howler very late in the game. Now that doesn't mean you're always on the wrong side of the umpires. It just means that your recency bias says you believe that that cost you the game, which is also absolute nonsense, and it's distorted by your recency bias. You know, most people don't have a, a sufficient understanding of statistics to actually drill down into these things, and taking a gross number like that in isolation is absolute nonsense. Mal, I, I recently I recently watched the Adelaide and the Essendon game, and I can tell you, mate, that the umpiring was up the creek in the last quarters. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know the umpires swallow their whistle in the last quarter, and it's probably the best thing for the game. If the umpires well, are mate, they regurgitated it. <laughs> but, I mean, we are 18th at minus 36 over the course of a season. These aren't one-off It'll be minus stats. 46 after today needs, but we just had a belting win. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But we also kicked 19-5. Now, had we kicked 10-11, um, the results, like, as we have been recently, I, I mean, I think it's not also that the the goals, so the frees that are awarded, it's the frees that are not awarded, which go into it. But I've seen... Where's, where's the stat pe- on that? I've, I've seen people on this podcast, you, you'll never guess who, Mal, lose their temper or get on a little bit of tilt when they think an umpiring decision has been made poorly against them. And sometimes, even shockingly, Mal, have been thrown right off their game, um, Mal, by poor decisions. And that's affected, Mal, the rest of the team <laughs> significantly. Oh, um, and I'm just wondering, like, it's... Totally, I remember it's two also, times that I upset with the umpires. There's also... You punched your own fist once. There's also a psychological... <laughs> A psychological issue. Like we won that you, game against UTS, though. If you, <laughs> if you know you're getting stiffed, like you're going to play differently. And when you get off the field and you've seen that you have been stiff, and it's not just its perceptions. Like there are reasons. Like it's it's not we keep getting we're missing out. And I don't. I look at the Giants and I don't see them cheating significantly more than other football teams. I do see them not having as intense crowds and it would appear that the teams with the bigger and louder crowds get that sort of bias and that's that's the home ground advantage all over the place yeah, but it doesn't but mean but a home ground advantage world. isn't yeah 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 but but if it's it is fairly significant for some teams and against others that's not particularly fair i i don't think you're measuring that i don't think on a gross statistic like your differential freeze for and against is measuring that as accurately as you might do if you can you know, and I'm sure the umpiring department at the AFL is measuring these sort of things and trying to counteract it. And I think if you had that um, more detailed data set, that you might be able to actually go about um, doing some proper analysis. But looking at a gross stat like differential is just absolute nonsense, particularly after one, you know, cherry picking it from the individual games you want to. Mal, here's a cherry pick. What about in the last quarter of the Essendon game? I believe the freak kick count was seven to two for the Bombers, including two in the 50 that they had uh, shots on goal from. They both they kicked two goals from that and Giants were up at three-quarter time and got done. Yeah, were the free kicks legit or not, Coco? I think you've got to look at those specific decisions. No. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Answer, I'm going to go back and watch the uh, last quarter, mate. Note down Please every free mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, right. Well, I think we've cleared that up. So... Do you want to apologise, Mel? Absolutely not. <laughs> Never fucking no. surrender. <laughs> Needles. Um, I yes. just want one more question for Mel. No, so, far away. When we lose, especially a close game, who can we blame? The players. Because I don't. No, the and players. Leon. Le- oh. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> or grudgingly blame, 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 <laughs> or blame the other players for playing better. You know, standing up in the moments that matter. Okay. I'll try that next time. Who do you blame, do you blame for losing? Who do you blame for losing? Wimbledon it's just Bunty, week, isn't it? <laughs> it was Bunty, yeah, I'm true. sure. <laughs> well, it's a moot point until uh, 2020, at least. Anyway, I suppose, guys. No more close games. No more losses, mate. <laughs> Speaking of, and what a silky segue. Yeah, Unfortunately, I was um, I was doing my best by the Giants, and I wasn't. I'd even forgotten the game had started because I was caught up in some political bullshit and walked out at 5pm and checked my phone and it was 50 to 7. And then it ended up 125 to 70, who gives a goddamn. The Giants cleaned up the second place team on the ladder. Gentlemen. There's a lot of talking points. There's a lot of very positive talking points. Namely, isn't it much easier to do a podcast when you win? <laughs> uh, what did we think? Some of, the, some of the things I saw, there was a bit in the third quarter when eventually Whitfield hooked it in and uh, Bobby Hill flew high and then um, like there was some... Stormy crumbed. Stormy crumbed. There was unreal football. It was amazing. I loved it. I loved the start. I loved how he started. Yeah. Um, Zach Williams in the middle, Delidio, Hopper. So Zach Williams was properly on the ball, was he? So we yep. started with two rucks on the field. Mummy was deep forward in full forward. Cameron was up the ground. And then we had, who was it? It was Hopper, um, Delidio. Um, Lids. And, yeah, um, and Williams. Yeah, Zachy Williams. And then Cameron just had, was running around, was free, was angry, he was... Like, like, where did where did um, Tobes to start as well? Oh, Tobes was in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought Sorry. Tobes Captain, was in the middle. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Captain Green. Yeah. yeah I thought yeah. Lids didn't start in the middle. It was Tobes rather than Lids. Oh, oh, okay. I could be wrong. I, I was listening to him on the TV and he said um, he was running back from the coin toss and he forgot what he was going to say. So he decided he'd just repeat what Leon said. <laughs> Good. Good and from Toby. He wasn't really that excited to be captain. He was happy about it, but you think his mum was more happy. His mum, when he <laughs> when he gave his mum a call, she was pretty fucking cheerful. Um, I mean, kicking straight makes a difference. Where the the more straight goals you kick, we're like nineteen five or something like that. That's it was ten straight, wasn't it, Cameron yeah. and Harry? Yeah, between them. Yeah, yeah. And also Steinstein staying two games, two wins, hundred percent. Mm. Talisman. Yes, say, no, say no more. Um, is there a more exciting player? Like a lot of players can get up and about, but for his ability to do almost anything, Jeremy Cameron, when he's when he's on, is as good to watch as any footballer in the competition. Anyone disagree? Absolutely. Or are you just going to agree? Yeah. No. Yeah. Silence. I mean, big man, big grabs, but also ground level work. You know. He's like, um, you know, in his pomp, um, Buddy Franklin. Uh, that sort of excitement. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's fair. Now, I, I another thing I wanted to talk about is that I, I saw... So I once tried to take a mark on someone's shoulders and I got up, <laughs> um, I got up to the guy's knee and, and dropped it. But Bobby Hill, he comes up to about, I reckon, my right tip and he was sitting on some guy's head the one that Stormy then crumbed and scored the goal. Bobby Hill is going to be a superstar. Yeah. Like, I'm in love with him already. He's a champion. He wears Adam Goods' number. 
is is fabulous and can play. Yeah, yes. there's, at the end, did you see there was a few times he got loose and we just didn't get the yeah. clean handball to him? I'd love to see him five bounces into goal. That would have been fantastic. That's, that's the That'll only happen. thing that could have made today better. You'll have 15 bounces against the Suns. Yeah. But what about Daniels? Like, you, you say Stormy Daniels, but his, his impact, particularly in the second and third quarters, the third quarters were a bit under the pump, but he was everywhere, tackling, getting the ball and kicking it forwards. He is he's a really good footballer. Yeah, Stormy is amazing, mate. He has, he has um, in, in many ways, single-handedly pulled us back from the brink over the last four days. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's sensational. I mean, overall about the game, I was going to say... Um, Just the squinters, play it cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were 43 points up after that first quarter. It's an amazing start, and you've got to go, you've got to roll on and win from there. But um, the next two quarters, as you said... Uh, needles, as you mentioned, we did get under the pump a little bit. I think, Collingwood um, got a bit of mo. At, yeah, at, at their best, I think Collingwood closed to twenty-four points or something like that, um, and we ended up, you know, stabilising and, and kicking back out. And it was pleasing to still increase the margin of victory from um, from the end of the first quarter to the end of the game. Like you have a great start like that, and obviously you basically iced the game. But it's always been a disappointment of mine if a team just sits on a lead like that and uh, and then loses the next three quarters. In aggregate, so it was nice Absolutely. to get the extra to increase the margin of victory by four points. And to be fair, they um, Collingwood closed that down by nineteen points in the last three minutes as well. So we yeah, had I mean, properly blown them away late, uh, you know, towards yeah. the end of the game. I mean, I crack it when you people the people go slow, like tempo football and kicking it carefully is good in the last forty five seconds of a quarter. But if you start doing it four minutes out. You'll fuck it up yeah. because teams can set up quickly enough, which we did, and then they scored a goal sort of in the last 30 seconds. Um, and I cracked the shits and yeah. walked out. Well, that was Heath Shaw being a, you know, lairising a little bit. Standard Heath. want to do sometimes. Yeah, but um, <laughs> try and win the game. Always try and win the game. Essendon are doing it at the moment, to be yeah, fair. They don't, go, they don't play tempo to all. They just go, fuck it, we'll go throw everything at it, including um, what's-his-face safe hands. And... Um, they are they are on a roll, but and when when the Giants were making it sing and giving it to Whitfield and Whitfield, they called him a surgeon on the telly, and some of his kicking yeah. was oh, just yeah. precise. Yeah, you uh, do want the just, ball in Lockie Whitfield's hands, don't you worry about that? Oh God, they did. One thing just they did exceptionally well, exceptionally well was getting the ball to like Whitfield, um, Zachy Williams, Heath Shaw. Um, those blokes all had a lot of kicks. Like, uh, just look through the numbers, you know, a lot more kicks than handballs. And they're exactly the blokes we need kicking. Yeah, absolutely. And Toby as well. Well, that was yeah. one of these stats that stood out to me when I was checking the free kick count uh, was the <laughs> fact that we had... Uh, well, because you've got to do it. Um, when I was... Yeah, we had a lot more kicks than handballs. A lot of the other stats were quite even. And uh, it, it harks back to one of the great stalwarts of Sydney Uni. Just kick the bloody thing sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they had the right blokes kicking it too. Exactly. I had a um, I had a, a question for the group here. Um, I thought um, so for the selections, we were going in too tall, bringing in an extra ruckman. Then also Big Dorse was back, and then Steinstein Stain came in for Adam Kennedy, who I thought was very unlucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt like we were going in too tall. I mean, obviously all's well that ends well. Um, but off that too, I mean, we had the two rucks, which we loved. But at the same time, I mean, Grundy, like, what do you have, 30 disposals? Yeah. kicked a, Like, he did absolutely everything. Yeah. So were we too tall? Were we too tall? Well, the commentators uh, 
during the match, particularly that first quarter, it was our height that uh, that was really allowing us to dominate in that first quarter. So you could say that the height was what, what got us the, the lead and allowed us to kick away. There are a lot of marks inside 50 for the Giants. It's a good question, Coco. I mean, the thing about, like, I, I reckon that Grundy probably gets 35, 40 touches and two goals if he's playing on either Dawson or Mumford by themselves because neither of them yeah. are mobile enough to go with him. He is a bit of a... He's a genuine superstar. Mm. Um, but but the having a really tall unit who isn't completely gassed because he's sharing the gig as an outlet... It, I mean, you're right about the Oswald and Enswell in a different situation. Obviously, other teams might be prepared for that, but it did work. It, it worked yeah. when it needed to. I reckon that's so the way we're doing we it next week. Against, um, Grundy. Well, who we got? Yeah, well, yeah, Grundy. Because that's what happened in the grand final where the, he was up against two ruckmen. Two shorter ruckmen. That though. aren't as mm. anywhere near as good as him, but they were able to hold their own yeah. and sort of negate him to a bit. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he's almost the best player in the comp at the moment. Oh, yeah, reckon. absolutely. Well, I, he, yeah. he'd be in the Apart top five. Stormy, for obviously. Sure. If, if, oh, I, yeah, I yeah. mean, basically, <laughs> no, if, no giants included. If anyone's yeah, picking oh, a yeah. team, <laughs> it's between him and Max Gorn and. You'd probably pick him just because he can run and he can keep running. Yeah. Um, do, do we do you, do we do it next week? Well, we can get to the review next week. But who, it's Port Adelaide at Port Adelaide, who just Who's got back? who just got roasted by Richmond to the tune of forty odd points in Melbourne. Uh, who's back for next week? Yeah. Well, I mean that that you know, the, the makeup of your side depends on who you got available sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, I think DeBoer and Kelly come in a fortnight. I mean, you wouldn't um, leave. You wouldn't leave Kelly out if he's ready. No, nor DeBoer, To be fair, the the True. impact he was having. But I mean, Finlayson came back in and was was excellent, as far as I could tell. Yeah, the dorsal was very good. Yeah, Steen was fine. Yep. Mal, you just laugh at your own joke, just saying a word. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm like. But were, were there any poor players? Tom Tomlinson was getting a lot of the footy in the third quarter. When we were when were they, when they were pushing us, he was doing a lot of running. Missed a well, easy th- goal. This isn't going to please our correspondent, but I didn't think uh, Lids was particularly good today. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Well, I mean, he, he wasn't particularly visible. I, when I was watching, well, when he went in the middle, he's okay. He had a five-minute period where he was really good. Yeah, big that's one. you know the game's eighty minutes long. Uh, yeah, needs. no, okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> Yeah, I always thought five minute flashes and your job was done. Um, yeah, whether uh, everyone played excellent footy, Himmelberg's going to have a massive black eye. That elbow we got in the face was just severe. Are there before I grudgingly move on from the sugar high? Maybe it was more the heroin high that was this win against the second best team in the competition. That come off a really good win against the West Coast last week. Any other comments apart from "Well done, Giants, you little fucking beauties"? I am. Um, I really enjoyed watching the boys share it around. I mean, Harry Himmelberg kicked four himself, and he was sharing them around with everyone, mate, getting yeah. everyone involved. And even Dorsal, mate, my uh, laconic superstar who I love so dearly, mate, he was sharing them around to uh, JC, dished off a couple, which I really love to see. So. I mean, Stormy obviously set up what probably fifteen of the goals today. Um, I just loved it. Loved, loved to see him sh- stare it around. I'm not sure that's exactly what the official stats say. Coco, no, just about. Go with it. And and that was just in the second half when you were watching Coco. 
Exactly, mate. <laughs> um, I I just I'd go back to the tried and true needles. Uh, good kicking is good. Good kicking We've is good touched football. On the field kicking and then the goal kicking as well. It makes you know, good it, kicking it is makes good such a difference. Yeah. I um, liked um, when the umpires are giving you a hard time. If you're kicking straight, it really helps. I liked um, the coaches made a few moves today. I thought like mix it up a little bit, experiment a bit, and it came off like. The dual yeah. rucks and then putting the, like, completely new midfield. Which moves, Chinkway? I loved Zach Williams. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Um, I don't know. Just it just seemed like I, we, I was surprised the way they started. That, was anyone else? Yeah. Well, I missed it, but I mean, I was surprised when it came out the first quarter. You know, really, really good way. Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, Bub mentioned it on a on one of these pods a couple of weeks back. We seemed to have lost the fire. Um, and we came out breathing fire today, which is exactly what we needed. And, and you're exactly right. After some slow starts the last few weeks and some fade-outs, um, we came out quarters, breathing fire. So I guess from that perspective, it was a surprise because we haven't started like that um, you know, in recent weeks. But yeah, pleasant surprise for sure. It seems like they've rediscovered the fire. And I'm, you know, that can't be anything else but the Toby Green effect, I guess. What's your dog's name? Frankie. The Boston Terrier's just gone mad in the Squint Studio. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's put that away. We'll put that behind us. We'll have, we've enjoyed the moment, and we are we're going to move on. But well, Collingwood came. They saw. They got conquered. Thanks very much, Port Adelaide. Next week, a short preview. It's Port Adelaide at Port Adelaide. They are, you know, between ten and eight. Just Adelaide, isn't it? It's just where they, it's just where they want to be uh, on Saturday, the July the twenty seventh at ten past seven. So a Saturday night game at the Adelaide Oval. They're inconsistent, Port Adelaide at best, but they are not a bad team when they're on. They they dusted up Geelong and they've got a few other decent victories as well as some pretty terrible losses. Mm. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm just upset they they got pumped today, mate, because they'll bounce. They're they're real like you know win loss team, so. Yep. They got pumped today, so they'll probably um, they'll probably play well next week. But I think we just need to be um, rolling out the red carpet for Paddy Ryder, mate. See if we can get him out for dinner after the game. Maybe someone takes him a nice little bottle of grain. Just go out for a, just go out for a curry. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Get him. I reckon it's time to get him going. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's that um, part of the ladder, and we've had it in the last few weeks. So had Adelaide playing uh, Essendon today. We played have played Essendon and. Adelaide the last couple of weeks, Port, Richmond today, that part of the ladder very congested and all the sides seem to be playing each other. A lot of eight-point games, I guess, to use a um, you know, trite statement. Yeah, um, but, but today, now, today's game only put us up. It actually didn't. It only put us up one position. We were exactly. from seventh to sixth. Yeah. Can I say, for someone that is so into the stats, Mal, to hear you talk about eight-point games is very disappointing. Yeah, I know, mate. I, I hate the saying. And that's why I was like, eight-point games for lack of a better expression. Sorry. <laughs> he got me done for all <laughs> No, I think he said it supportively. He just wants you to be your best. Your, yeah, best, your best self, right? That's, that's always been Coco Stick. <sighs> I think we'll beat Port Adelaide, but I I don't say that with I sort of say that with um, Bubs's placid placid confidence. Get um, off the get off the Bubs. fence needles. I we, think we'll we've win. got them I dead to rights. I don't think it's a soda by any means. Just because you know Port Adelaide are coming off a loss, therefore that means that they're cherry ripe for a win nah. against a team that's better than them. That doesn't hold water for mine. We've got them done. Next, do we? <laughs> does anyone does anyone know what was wrong with Phil Davis? 
Not that, you know, Steinstein Staines came in and cleaned up, but... Degrees are hard, mate. (laughs) (laughs) They don't just... They don't just give them out. University degrees. That's right, Phil Davis. Harden up, I guess, is the um, is the takeaway. Thanks, Mel. No, it's disappointing not to see him out there today. Our I like Phil. He's um he we we'll probably get a chance to interview him. So I'll make sure oh, that we, we'll we'll talk about university degrees and just sort of if he needs any therapy. I'll go on to this is the fourth quarter and it's play on at all costs. I opening the forum to what anyone wants to talk about, but this week. The um, squinters are going to chat up Chris Bowen in his Parliament House office, and so I will encourage anyone who's got any questions, Mal, they can be political if you want. Neversurrenderpod at gmail.com. Uh, give us your worst, give us your best, and we'll put, that, we'll put that to him and see what he comes back. This is, I think, the most exciting thing. We got another, our second ever fan correspondence from Giants Freak and Never Surrender listener, Sam. Adam, you should probably just turn the volume down now. Hey guys, love your work. Just wanted you guys to discuss Adam Tomlinson and his laconic ineptability to make an impact on a game. I'd go as far as saying, as long as he is on our list, we will not win a flag. The bloke is what? A six foot four inch winger and has taken six contested marks for the year. He is horrible. He runs around like a chook with its head cut off. Zero pressure from him around the ground. I'd rather us play a Shipley on a wing than have him fluffing around doing fuck all. The sooner we trade him, the better. And if we don't trade him at the end of the year, I'm going to lose my shit. Tomlinson's to the Saints for the second round. That is all. Kind regards, Sam. Apparently that email was sent from his iPhone. So thanks very much, Sam. Tomlinson, he did all right today. But um, gentlemen, do do we have any rebuttals for Sam? Or are we on board with the move to push him to the the Saints? Yeah, I think um, thanks for the email, Sam. I do love that auto-signature, kind regards, Sam, after a big rant. So thanks for that. Um, My only issue, speaking about Tomlinson, I mean, my only issue really is Sam's use of the word laconic. I don't think that uh, Tomlinson's that sort of player. I think he's the sort that gives 110% at all times. And he would be... So 110% of inept. Well, I think, yes, 110% Leonette is exactly, I think, how I see Tomlinson. Um, i just concerned for him. He's a utility player, and he's been playing backup ruck, and there was a big, you know, big battle today in the rucks, and, you know, we brought in another bloke to do it. And then um, he's also should be able to hold down a key post down back when needed. So I think he could have played fullback with Phil Davis outright was another option for him. Um, but we drafted in Lockie Keefe to do that. So, I mean, for a utility, he's extremely underutilised. Do we... I mean, apparently he's waiting for Cogs to make his decision before he tries to work out whether or not he's involved in plans or how much um, money he can squeeze on a contract. Do we... Do we, I mean, look, I carry a bit of a torch for Tomlinson because he once talked to me for two and a half minutes after yep. he signed my boys football at a game at Canberra, Canberra Oval number one at a Giants um, meeting. And he was, he was quite nice to me. So, you know, go, go at him. But... Um, does he stay or does he go? Is he worth it or is he not? He played that one great game against Richmond that we lost in the in the preliminary final a few years ago. But if he goes, like if he goes to another club, what would they recruit him as? A backman or a wingman or a forward? Like, what would you get him in? What job would you get him to do? Because I reckon he's best as a backman, a key back. That's where I reckon he's played his best football. I don't know. If you can't, I, if you I mean, can't work out what to do with a bloke after 123 games, you've got to ship him, don't you? 
I like him as a winger because he is, he's big enough to put... He, he can run with anyone, and he's big enough to... If he takes more than six contested marks for the year, he's big enough for people to think we've got to put a unit on him because he's a big bloke who can play ruck, but he can also run like a winger. Um, give him a chance to go, but if Whitfield's also playing wing and Josh Kelly then pushes someone like Zach Williams out onto the wing, it's a tough gig, I, I guess. That's a fair point. Well, Needs... Yeah, needs he's had two years, two years of a chance on the for a run on the wing, so it's it's not like a lack of opportunity for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was good in the third quarter. This is probably the last thing I'm going to say. Oh, I should say what I'll do is I'll cut in. Um, Adam, you should probably just turn the volume down now. I'll, I'll <laughs> cut and paste that bit at the start. Whew, good save. If we don't trade him at the end of the year, I'm going to quote lose my shit. I mean, that was Sam's sign off. Do, do we? <laughs> Do we agree? Uh, would we lose our shit if he stayed? No. And what do you think no, you'd no. get for him? He'd be fine if he stayed. And killed a second rounder. Mate, I love the fire. I love the fire from Sammy. Um, and thank you, big Sam. Kind regards back to yourself. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was feeling As long as he's on our week. list, we will not win a flag. Well, that's obviously yeah. going to be clearly wrong because we're going to win the flag this year. And uh, Tomo's going to be on the list, isn't he? And then, for the, and then every flag until the end of recorded time. Exactly. Yeah, my only issue is he doesn't deliver. Um, I think he's on a pretty big pay packet at the moment, and I don't think he delivers on that packet. So, I mean, if he, he cut his pay packet in half, mate, I'd gladly have him in the side. <laughs> yes, well, that's a very good point. You've got to, got to look at the value for money uh, sort yeah, of aspect exactly, of it as mate. well. Exactly. But, I mean, but the thing about a utility player is, though, that they, they don't actually just hold down a spot. You can put them anywhere and they'll do a job. And like, there aren't that many players... Who could go? Oh, we can stick him in the ruck at back pocket or at full forward, and he'll probably be able to do a job for us. Like that is, I mean, that's a, one of the difficulties of being a utility player. What about Steinstein? Yeah, no, that's what, no, but that's the thing, Needles. He's not. We're not even trusting him to do those jobs when we need them. There mm. was two opportunities today: a ruck and a key back that he could have done, and we went with different. We brought in two different blokes to do those two roles. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but put, he's and, not but, playing but, the utility therefore, role. Therefore, put him on the wing. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if he's a utility, he's not being utilised. As a utility, so, that's a good point. Utility, utilitized. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Words utilized. Well, um, <laughs> right. Okay. I was just trying to do a funny pun. Okay. Well, um, yeah. Look, and so for for anyone who was listening to that very in depth conversation about Adam Tomlinson, if you want to uh, contribute to the conversation, as I said before, it's neversurrenderpod at gmail and we will give you this sort of in-depth, deep and meaningful conversational goals. Um, unsubstantiated analysis. I actually, unsubstantiated, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so... Conjecture, and some I, people what call I it. What I think is, no one's, no one's reached a conclusion about whether or not... He, oh, no, we're happy, we're, we're basically vaguely happy for him to stay. Yeah, yeah, but also vaguely happy for him to go. Yeah, yeah, I'd have him. I reckon he's got, um, he's got every weapon to be... Yeah, superstar, don't you reckon? Like yeah. He's tall, he's quick, he's got a beautiful kick. He's eight years into his career and it hasn't quite... Yeah. So if you can find a spot and kick off, you'd have him every day of the week. You would, yeah. but it's a big if. And yeah. sometimes it's and, the making um, of a guy to yeah. go to a different club. You know, I listened to um, Dylan Buckley's podcast with Mitch Robinson yesterday and uh, it was the making of Mitch moving from Carlton to um, Brisbane Lions where he's, the, he's going great. Well, so the, maybe it'd the be best for Adam. any person to leave Carlton. Yeah, well, obviously. Look at Eddie Betts. <laughs> I mean, Mitch McGovern was a great player at Adelaide. Went to cover, went went to Carlton, got dropped because he's too fat. 
Can... If you leave Carlton, yeah. I'll say Josh Kennedy <laughs> went to West Coast, became the greatest full forward. Uh, so Apart Mitch Robinson is actually just, he's just playing to, yeah, right. He's just playing to type. Um, and Jez, who's now 14 goals ahead in the Coleman. So fucking, uh, Ben Brown's going to play tomorrow. Oh, no, he's playing at the moment. I don't know how they're winning against Brisbane. We'll turn the TV off. But I, Do you want an update oh, on that game, Needles? Yeah, go. Uh, the Lions are ahead by three points. Whoa. Uh, four points, rather, in the one minute 37 into the fourth. And... Um, yeah. All to play for. Benny Brown's kicked 2-1. I reckon, I reckon Jez is fairly safe for the moment. Um, Coco, I actually... The Lions are just bang one through. I um, I got an update from the club for you about the white shorts. Why did the Giants wear white shorts uh, at home but against Brisbane? And we imagined... Uh, they imagined it was an edict from the AFL. It's not unlike how Geelong often wear white shorts at home. Um, the AFL does whatever they think is best to avoid a clash. So the... The Lions got to wear their purple shorts and the Giants had to wear their non-charcoal white shorts. That's bullshit. I agree. That's what I said. I sent an email back. Words to that effect. Excellent. Um, and he, he hasn't responded yet, but I'm sure he's taken it on board and he'll pass that on to Gil. I'm sure. Maybe we get Chris Bowen to give Gil a call and tell him that sort of thing's not on. I'm sure that uh, Chris can get through to Gil. That's actually not a bad, not a bad shout. That's all I've got for... You know, has anyone else got anything else? Is there any more for any more? Yeah, I got a few questions, Needles. Good, um, far away. I thought Adam Kennedy was stiff to get dropped. Anyone got any insight about um, why he got dropped or any thoughts on that? Didn't get. We didn't get anything from Bubs on the stream, on the Facebook nah. thread, did we? Chinkway? Oh, I got nothing. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Word, yeah, we didn't I can come down to Canberra. <laughs> yeah. Put the feelers out, but didn't get anything back. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right, Kogo. I thought he was stiff. Yeah. Um, and then the next thing, um, but with, once again, I mean, results, results make every in hindsight make every decision a good one or a bad one. Yeah, I thought too. Um, I never thought I'd be so happy to hear that Phil Davis was out um, of a game, considering I absolutely loved a big unit and he's obviously one of our best players. But to have um, Toby Green as the skipper this week was so good, mate. I, how good was Friday at work, mate? I was bouncing around <laughs> all day. Telling mate, everyone in Dallas, I work, walking around. Did, uh, you hear, did you hear Toby Green? Mate, I, I, I work at a pharmaceutical company, Needles, and I was walking around like I just cured cancer, mate. It was the <laughs> best. <laughs> I was up and about all day long. It was so good. Uh, yeah, no, that was wonderful. Um, and he, he even admitted that it was it would have been an unlikely thing a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, mate. Well, I nearly had to go out and glass the security guard as a silent tribute. <laughs> this is a silent tribute. Hey, Coco. What do you... Like, I love that Toby was captain today, but all this talk about Cogs being offered the captaincy and then to, or the commentary today was like, so good that he's um, captain today. He'll be our next captain. Do you reckon it's a little bit disrespectful to Callum Ward and Phil Davis for everyone to be saying, oh, this guy should be captain, this guy should be captain, this guy should be captain? Yeah, that's a great um, great question, Chinkway, because they have been awesome, both of those, Cal Ward and Phil Davis. I mean, I, I, I love yeah. them. I mean, and honestly, they've been great servants to the club and love the blokes. Absolutely. But I don't know if it's, I mean, you know, a, um, I think it might be time to hand it over. And I would love for them to do that. 
um, is, and I think it's time for change, you know? Yeah. I mean, if I, I don't like giving Hawthorne a rap ever because um, we've got one mate who's a massive, mad, keen Hawthorne Ugh. fan, but they handled their transition from uh, Sammy Mitchell to Luke Hodge very delicately. And They nailed the you know, uh, current At the time, they said Luke Hodge was like the spiritual... Yeah, didn't they? Like, they nailed... Well, they said that before they did that, Luke Hodge was sort of the spiritual heart of the club and, you know, Sam Mitchell was the, the pleasant face put on it. And then when they switched over, those roles between Sam Mitchell and Luke Hodge almost reversed and Sammy Mitchell became the spiritual heart and, you know, Luke Hodge the um, appealing face of the club. And I think, you know, it might free up Phil and Callan, who've carried a heavy, heavy burden for a long time, yeah. um, might free them up to just enjoy their... get back to enjoying their footy as footballers. Yeah. What do you, so I don't think it's case being scenario. disrespectful necessarily... Yeah. What do you think, Chinquay? Oh, I reckon. I agree. I reckon if um if they're ready to hand it over and pass it on, I reckon it's be awesome for the club. But yeah. I think it's uh if if they want to hold it and everyone's saying that they should pass it on, it it's a bit un, it's a bit harsh. I reckon given what they've done, because I reckon they've been pretty good. Yeah, and I don't know how the Giants choose to skip either. I mean, is it the, you know, do the players get together, write the names on a piece of paper, throw them in a hat? Or, I mean, I don't know how, you know, cause that, that wasn't a joke, isn't that? That's how some, isn't that how we do it some um, clubs? Sydney, you need to do it like that once or twice, I Yeah, mate, isn't that what we do? Cheeso almost ended up as captain. <laughs> um, if, if you've got any more for any more um, yeah. needs, I was going to say, with the recent string of losses... Do you think, um, is there anyone have any insight into whether, you know, on the training paddock, we were going through maybe a bit of a, uh, a heavier stage, putting the lads through a bit more work in preparation for finals, and maybe that caused our dip in form? Yes, Mel, I'm with you 100% on that. That's ex- Leon has been flogging the boys. They've been totally rooted by game day. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it's the mini pre-season coming yeah. out of the bye. I'm with you 100% on that. Yeah. 100%. We, yeah, there's a bit of periodization <laughs> in your training. Um, exactly. So maybe that's just our dip of form. And obviously, it's paid off now. We've got plenty of running the legs and absolutely blew Collingwood away today. Yeah, I, I think, could we say that was one game? If there's a, if we can get a pattern or a trend of form against Port Adelaide, um, then I'll buy in. I already told you to lock that one in, Needles. Might just be footy's a funny old game. <laughs> Collingwood, right. have come, Collingwood have come off a fairly stiff bit of travel. Yeah, Mal, I'm with you 100%, mate. I think they do that. Um, they like sort of redo the in-season, pre-season, which I think is why, I mean, looking at Geelong, why they always lose after the bye. Um, yeah. And I think this time of year, you get a few funny results because the teams that are really serious about winning the flag are, you know, putting in big yards at training. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Well, there you go. That's fucking conclusive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So any more, gentlemen? We're good? I just had one more needles too. A um, little bit of whisper and more on the, around the fashion stakes. Um, Sammy <laughs> Taylor had that um, the headband on again today in the game. I'm he sure did. you blokes noticed. Very much uh, so. Little rumour it's because he's got an eyebrow piercing, so I'm not sure about that, but just keep that one close. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Eyes on. Ladies and gentlemen, like if, if any of our listeners, any of the paps... Can get down to the, to um, the beanstalk and take a photo of of Sammy Taylor at an event or something like that, and see whether or not he's sprouting a stud. Um, that'd be a fucking awesome squid scoop, and we would plaster it all over our non-existent website. Um, but if you if you do take that photo, email it to us at neversurrenderpod at gmail.com or any questions. We'll do your speculation for free. Make a point. Ask a question. Uh, Thank you, one. Thank you, all, particularly our listeners 
who are of Himmelbergian attractiveness with the Giants' appetite for 2019 flag glory. You've been amazing. We've been emotional. I'm Needles. You're Chinque. You're Mal Michael. You're Coco. Never surrender. Never surrender. Never surrender. Never surrender.